And welcome into another episode of the Q Crew here on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, and today brought on two uh, really good friends that haven't got to uh, hang out yet. So I'm, I'm really excited for this. Wade Christensen and Brandon McNasty Pickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we got together because we all watched The Boys on Amazon, and I figured you two uh, were my best bets to uh, discuss this show. Uh, Wade, you having you you said sixty five of the seventy two issues yeah, of yeah. of the comic. Uh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, and uh, I knew you were a big comic book fan, and then you had told me uh to watch this. Which honestly, it's good you did because uh, I had this kind of aversion to Amazon Prime shows. Like, yeah. I think the last one somebody told me was really good was like Man in the High Castle, and I was like, I heard the concept. You know, it's like an alternative history where if Germany would have won World War Two, and I was like. That sounds interesting. And interesting. I got through one episode. I'm like, nope, I'm out. Uh, so that's happened a lot with Amazon shows. And I'm glad you told me to uh, end up uh, watching this one because it was a good time. It's probably one of the, uh, you know, I put it on the short list of top streaming shows, you know, for things that are on Netflix, things that are on Hulu. Uh, this is uh, grade A stuff. They write up uh, my alley for just a subversive take on the superhero genre. And I- I'm glad you uh, told me to, to do that. And then I brought Brandon on because uh, he's always my go-to for uh, comic book knowledge. And when I think I know what's going on, I'm usually wrong. And I have to have Brandon come in to check me on it. I'm just a nerd. That's all. I'm <laughs> so we're going to get started. And I think one of the things we'll do, usually do this, when we, me and Wade have a wrestling podcast. And when we first did it, we did like our uh, backstory of how yeah. we became wrestling fans and you know just kind of how it <laughs> lines up. So I'm going to start with the same thing on this. We're going to talk about our you know, comic book fandom, and I'll just hit mine first because it's going to be the lamest one, which is that uh, I never really read any sort of comics. No, you know, handheld, just, you know, the, the actual comic book. Yeah. Uh, I, in terms of superheroes, I've always enjoyed most of them because, uh, you know, starting out with uh, uh, Batman, with Michael Keaton, uh, my, my household, big Michael Keaton fan. Fuck we like yeah. mi- mi- Mr. Mom, uh, Multiplicity, we will ride or die with Multiplicity. We a good old kid yeah. turn my neck ass, Batman. <laughs> big Mr. Mom household. Big Mr. Yeah. Mom household, yeah. no doubt. Uh, so, you know, I always like that. And then, you know, as you go along and, you, you know, you get to the 2000s where you get things like X-Men, but then that, you know, ends up sucking very quickly. Yeah. Uh, they screw that up. And they started off so well, too. Started, I, I think we were just so starved for like, yeah. a comic book movie, but... We kept watching. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. now, if a, if things sucks, we will rip a DC movie immediately. <laughs> Can we, we talk about how We were on X-Men 3 horrible, before we gave up. How horrible Sabretooth's fucking costume was in the first X-Men movie. Man, at the time... I loved it though. Like at the oh, time, I was, was just like, "This the awful. shit." He's got tusks. I'm yeah. into it. Like, what is going on here? It looked way better when it was just Lee Schreiber. Like, just yeah, and Lee Schreiber. Like Lee Schreiber. Yeah, he didn't try. He's just like, I didn't shave, so I'm saber tooth now. And I was like, that's actually perfect. That's Seems the way legit. to play this role. I like Tyler Bate though. Tyler Bate's the original guy. Big he seven, was. Yeah, I like the, I like the dude, huge the big size. Seven, he played Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween. Like, it's good to see a big seven foot guy, but. I, yeah, I, I mean, think, Sabretooth ain't exactly a fucking yeah. little guy by but any yeah, means. Going back now, like it was a very like a uh, like weak weak ass version of what like Sabretooth like should have been, like for sure. Yeah, and you know all those movies, you start getting into, like Christopher Nolan Batman's, which I like because they're Christopher Nolan movies. They're not even great yeah. comic book movies necessarily, just great movies. He's a good storyteller, and he uses the Batman character to facilitate that. And so I always like those type of things. And really, I don't know if I would have gotten onto the. 
uh, superhero train if it wasn't for the same reason everybody else did, which is going and getting uh, Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man. And then that opens the door that you accept all the other stories that, oh, we I didn't necessarily follow any of these characters. I don't really know, you know, their story in the comic books, but he's so damn entertaining. You then watch every other movie they've made for the last 10 years and they own the industry. And that's going to be a lot of uh, the themes that we see in the boys. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But that's my comic book fandom. I'm the worst comic book fan ever. I only watch the movies. So I got to ask, since you watch the movies. um Eric Bana or Edward Norton? Ooh, so the, the movie with Norton is better, but I've always had this weird aversion to Norton. Like, I, I, I get that, you know, Fight Club and, there, <laughs> and American History X, but everything else, I don't give a shit about Edward Norton. <laughs> uh, like, I, that, just to be fair, so if, if I'm picking the person, I want Eric Bana to be Hulk. Oh. But the movie obviously is shit. So yes, I'll go with the. That was already too ripped to be Banner, in my opinion. See, that's where I was. You were too mean. Right now, you're talking about the movies. You didn't even mention Mark Ruffalo. You didn't even give me a chance to rip (laughs) on Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is perfect. Yeah. Okay. I'll accept it. (laughs) Mark Mark Ruffalo progressively got worse as the Hulk. The longer he was doing it, the more (laughs) it, it became this kind of cartoonish bullshit. When it started, it's like, no, that's cool. He br- brought the right things. Uh, eventually, it's like, no, Mark, just calm down a bit. Just hang back. Hey, look, as long as they're going to let him. I mean, at this point, we've had Hulk in space. He doesn't care. Okay. So, yeah, that, that's mine. Uh, Wade, we'll get you to, to jump in real quick with your uh, comic book backstory, your origin story. Um, mine's, mine's kind of embarrassing start. Uh, my comic book, like, fandom started... Um, uh, my mom used to buy me the the Archie books that you would see at like the nice. register, nice. like Walmart. You nice. gotta start somewhere, man. <laughs> um, so started with those. Um, then I moved on to uh, we had a Walden books, which was like kind of the closest thing I had to a comic book shop. So we'd buy all the uh, the Far Sides, the bit the, the big Far Side collections. Like I got started on those because I knew my dad liked them, so I started buying all the Far Side collections. And then I found Walden books had a graphic novels. Uh, selection so then i started buying like <clears throat> i think one of the first things i bought was death of superman like the first three like Ooh, whole series yeah. like where like he dies and then the next one he comes back that was a uh, doomsday yeah. yeah 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 so i have about the death of superman then i bought the one where he comes back and is facing off against like there's like four other supermans there's steel there's cyborg superboy and then there's one after that where he like he gets a mother box and he travels and it's like time and it's almost like a Dr. Doom, I mean not a Dr. Doom, but a doomsday backstory. So like those are the first three books I bought. And then right after that, I bought the Marvel versus DC graphic novel. And then it's just been like ongoing ever since. Um, and then Saturday mornings, I had the X-Men cartoon. I had the Spider-Man cartoon. Like, so like- Those were the days. It's like, yeah, I'm like the perfect age for like all of this. Then I get older and it's like I watch all of the stuff I love turn into a movie as I'm older. And like Marvel seems to be the only one that's doing fairly good. Ninja yeah. Turtles have been ruined. G.I. Joe's ruined. <laughs> um, yeah, but Marvel's, Marvel's fucking killing it. Um, so, yeah, here I am, a 33-year-old man that took a break from collecting comics for maybe like eight years. And then like yeah. th- this year I started buying comics again. So I was going to ask you that, uh, <laughs> you are a 33 year old man who yeah. has not worn sleeves since 2012. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this year you buy all these, uh, comic books. Yeah. How many comic books have you read this year versus how many books have you read this year? Um, I haven't read a single book this year. And then how many comic books? 
Um, probably. Um, well, I got a library card this year, so it picked up tremendously. So I've probably read, I don't know, 75 comic nice. books. Probably, yeah. Brandon, same question. Well, comic books, we're talking comic books, maybe 75 times, probably five or six. But yeah. se I read 75 graphic novels probably easily this, yeah, this summer, probably, yeah. Nice. Brandon? Uh, I think I've, I've read to completion one book, and I've got like a... Good. I've got, maybe a, me. I've got maybe a third of a third of good omens left to finish up. Nice. I was gonna I didn't know whether to jump into the book or into the Amazon show, which might actually be another one of the Amazon finally getting their shit I've together heard good and making good shows. I think I'm that's gonna be on my to do list. Uh but uh as far as comics go, uh mm, American comics, maybe ten, fifteen, but I read a lot of manga. Okay. Uh yeah, your boy's a your boy's a, a whole weeb, <laughs> whole weeb. All right, so I, I'm not gonna put you guys on the spot without me jumping in. Uh, I've not read any comic books this year, uh, but I've also only read uh, I want to say like four books, but like half of them were like uh, the oral histories of TV shows, like The Wire. Uh, so those don't even really count. But I read them, so that you know I'll, I'll count them. And uh, now, Brandon, I'll uh, let you. I'm just going to go ahead and, and I'm, I'm going to point out real quick your comic book history of professional oh, okay. wrestling. Then, then you were right. I, I did get one comic book down, but it was Counts. only because it was wrestling. <laughs> and then I read one of those wrestling books. So it might have actually been five books this year. Okay. So wow. Right, yeah, it's a good out. year. Crazy. I don't know. One of, one of the books was like Treasure Island. I just wanted to see if it like can be read by an adult. No, it's awful. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching like Black Sails and I was like getting into because it's like the prequel to Treasure Island. And I was like, oh, I love these characters. Let's okay. see if uh, Treasure Island holds up. It does not. Um, <laughs> Did so, not age well. So, Brandon, uh, comic book uh, origin story. Uh, so, when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, probably seven or eight, and my pops worked at uh, Enterprise Car Sales over in Chicago. It's a cool little comic book shop right over by the way. So, any chance I got, I'd have them drag me in there. First comic book I got a hold of was a Superman issue from where I guess he I, I don't I forget how he ended up in that position in the first place. Yeah. But he is a blue light energy thing and there is a <laughs> red version of him that is also an energy thing. I'm guessing positive and negative. None of his powers are anything like the traditional Superman skill set that you're used to. As far as scaling goes, I'm not even sure if he's as powerful as he was at the time. I don't and think so. I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing ever. And then going back and kind of looking at that story arc as an adult that, again, it did not age well. <laughs> so is the, is the Superman story or is the Treasure Island of Superman story arc? Basically, you tell me? basically it's the Treasure Island of Superman story arcs. Cool. It is hot garbage. <laughs> then I think the next one I got a hold of would have been... The Death of Wolverine, and I remember wanting to buy it just because the, the cover of it is Wolverine held up on Deadpool's katanas, and I had no idea who Deadpool was at the time. I'd never heard of this guy, and that was the sickest introduction to a character, because yeah. as, far as, as far as you know, Wolverine doesn't don't kill Wolverine. That's not what Wade had to say about it. <laughs> And then as I get a little older, I start getting into start getting into the mangas and whatnot. Uh, Feng Shinji, Bleach, Naruto, One Piece, all of the all of the weeby weeby things. And now it's gotten to the point where I read 
I probably read more manga than most college students read actual books. That's in fairness, that's a low bar. Is uh, they don't <clears throat> read too many books, as I learned. I mean, if you like, <laughs> if you were to go like a whole word count, though. Yeah. No, nah, there's just a lot of pretending you read books is the the main thing in college. But uh, we, with that, with the backstory and knowing uh, where we're coming from, we're gonna jump into uh, the boys. Which just to have the the quick rundown for those who uh, don't know, I'm just going to read uh, the premise off of Wikipedia because that's how lazy I am today. Uh, the boys set in a universe where superpowered people are recognized as heroes, but the gen- by the general public and owned by a powerful corporation, Vought International, who ensures that they are properly marketed and monetized. Uh, basically, they're shitheads. They're 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 terrible people. But everybody views them through the prism of being these celebrities, and you have social media culture, all these things. And the only people who recognize them for the shitheads they are are the boys, led by Billy Butcher. Uh, who despises all super-powered uh, people, although early in the show you're not told why, you find out later. And the Seven being the, the main group of uh, superheroes, and in this show, uh, as opposed to... Totally the, not the Justice League. <laughs> totally not the Justice League. Absolutely not the Justice League. Uh, you know, the, this show is based off of uh, the graphic novel uh, created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson, and in that, there are more groups. Uh, it's not very clear in the uh, TV series whether there's anything other than the seven, other than like the local stuff where they end up recruiting Starlight from. Uh, but basically, this group, the seven, uh, is in charge of everything. They're too powerful to take down, uh, but that doesn't stop the boys from trying. Uh, Billy Butcher ends up recruiting Huey uh, to, to join him. Just an average guy works at a Radio Shack type store and gets brought in because one of the superheroes, A-Train, who is definitely not the Flash, uh, ends up just annihilating uh, Huey's girlfriend just by running down the street at uh, full speed, not paying attention where he's going. Maybe Splattered. Um, maybe a little high. Who knows? You know, superheroes do whatever they do. Uh, you find out as uh, the series goes along. Uh, but that's the, the initial setup. Uh, in terms of the, the characters, we'll get to uh, a few more of them uh, in a second. Uh, but just... From that premise. Now, Wade, you obviously were sold on the premise as a graphic novel before you were sold on the show. Yeah. But what is what about that drew you in, made you end up buying 65 of the 72 copies? Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, uh, I, I had to... Man's uh, a genius. Yeah. Um, I got introduced to Garth Ennis through the book, uh, the Punisher book called Welcome Back, Frank. Um, kind of... Marvel kind of fucked around with uh, Punisher <laughs> too long, and at some point, he was I think like an like like possessed by an angel, had some sort of weird angelic powers, and, and like it, it just wasn't the Punisher anymore. <clears throat> and I think uh, they gave the, the the book to Garth Ennis after that, and I believe he started with um, just called Welcome Back, Frank, which just kind of they just kind of like we're just gonna reboot this. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It just washed, you know, like put everything under, swept everything under the rug. And then it was just a, hey, here's a grittier, better version of uh, the Punisher that, that, that you've ever seen. And it's by the same, Garth Ennis also wrote a book called The Preacher, which Seth Rogen also incidentally turned into a show. But the artist that drew the, the Preacher also drew that on The Punisher. So I was just like, okay, I'm in, boom, read all of that. And then immediately got sucked into Garth Ennis's run with uh, Punisher Max, which is like a like an X-rated, like it's way, way more than R-rated, like version of a Marvel comic where the Punisher, he'll, he'll just like almost kill a guy where he just like guts him and strings his intestines all throughout trees and the guy wakes up and his guts are, you know, in a tree, like throwing a roll of toilet paper. So Frank's a classic guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. 
Um, and then I read another Garth Ennis book. I think it's called the the Pro, which is a uh, it's like a prostitute um, turned superhero. It's very, it's very graphic as you cool. can imagine. And then that led me straight into uh, the boys and the whole premise with the boys that I thought was uh, just really new and interesting. Especially like being a Marvel zombie, like I was. Um, like it, it was something like new that was kind of just like turning turning your normal like superheroes on their heads. Like it was. Really cool premise, I thought. Yeah, and it was something that was uh, so subversive and controversial at the time. Uh, I think it was, it's, a, it's originally a DC uh, comic, right? So, I, I believe, yeah. It so they, started like with a big company and they, then they, they were start like, with we, DC, can't, we can't do this. And they're like, we can't have something that makes superheroes look as bad as this does. Like it goes against our entire brand and how we make money. Uh, luckily, they were nice enough to let them, uh, you know, leave with the property and go to a, a different imprint to to make that happen so otherwise it would have been abandoned pretty early into the run and instead you know end up getting uh 72 uh you know uh comics out of this and that that's pretty amazing to have something that the, that subversive and you know around that time you would think with comics if any if it sells at all like it's worth it because as much as the comic book industry has gone bananas with the you know movie entities uh they still don't sell comic books they still just can't do it so it's crazy to think that something is so controversial and you know could gain popularity and they'd still be like yeah we can't run with this man like it's 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 too much for us uh that's one of the interesting things about this show is that when you watch it it is way you know more explicit has just stuff you wouldn't imagine could be put into normal shows. Definitely wouldn't be into superhero, uh, you know, movies or TV shows. Even if you compare it to something like Deadpool that tries to push the envelope, it still remains some level of it's more about the humor than necessarily it's very uh, the, jovial. Yeah, the the violence it brings. And this is a show that is way more than you'd see for most of these TV shows or superhero movies, but is also somehow tame in comparison to its source material. Um, I real quick way not to keep going to you. We're going to let Brandon just talk for 30 minutes right after this. But, uh, <laughs> when you compare the two, how did you feel as somebody who really enjoyed the comics? And then you're watching a show that definitely changed a lot of the aspects. I know you hate the Carl Urban Hawaiian shirts, but other yeah. than that, <laughs> like, how did you feel about the alterations to make the show work? Um, um like not to go into too much detail because I'm sure as we like go throughout this podcast we'll be you know deep diving into more stuff. But um, I I think just from like watching the first season I was kind of worried because they were rushing through a lot of storylines that didn't happen in the books until much later. Like Huey doesn't find out that uh uh help me out Starlight is a, yeah. is Starlight until much later in the books, um, which makes him seem like a very dumb individual. <clears throat> but yeah yeah, seeing as the fact that he, he's he's hunting her um. You don't recognize um, one of the seven <laughs> most famous motherfuckers yeah. on the planet. Yeah, he right probably now. should have done some research to, um, just a little bit. And 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 with the exception of uh, uh, there's a dog. Like Butcher has a dog, and it's not in the show. And I they probably couldn't put him in the show. Um, seeing as um Butcher has trained this dog to fuck anything that Butcher says to fuck. Um, so yeah, probably not going to have that in the show. I do miss terror. Like that is the name of the dog. They, I miss him. They did, uh, just kind of point to it. He has like <laughs> yeah. uh, toys in the car and he's yeah. like, do you have a dog? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Um, but well played on their part. 
I think just after like watching the first season is that I, I think I think I like the show better. Um, because I, after reading all the books, I, I think I have all the books besides the last one. And I think I'm the only reason I don't have it is because like after a while, it kind of felt like the books were just being shocking just for shock value alone. Um, whereas the show kind of like when something terrible happens, th there's a reason it happens. And it almost felt like in the comic books, they were just doing it strictly, strictly just for shock value, which after a while, like some of the horrible stuff that's just there for no reason. Like you just turn a page and see something that you're going to remember the rest of your fucking life. Um, it, it gets a little old after a while that you'd like, oh, oh, there's just no rhyme or reason to this. So as of right now, I think I like the show better. Yeah. And I, I think one of the <clears> things <throat> that, uh, you know, without having read it, but just, you know, researching to kind of figure out where things yeah. line up between the, the comics and the show. One of the big things that I took away was that Homelander is just an out and out piece of trash in the comics. He's the worst person you could ever possibly be. And in the Carl uh, Urban has a great face <laughs> for for having to deal with that situation. Yeah, uh, we'll get to Carl Urban in a minute. We could do an entire hour about <laughs> Carl Urban and what he brings to the table and what he's brought to just all the movies he's been in uh, in the in the last decade. Uh, but like Homelander, played by Anthony Starr, uh, like he creates a humanity to this character that's going to increasingly get worse. Uh, but you're also going to understand where he's coming from, what he's trying to accomplish. He has motives that. Uh, the comparisons to like uh, Thanos, the way that they built him in the the movies, yeah. is make it where it's somebody that isn't just evil to be evil. There is a rhyme and a reason, even if that rhyme and a reason is fucked up and still makes him, you know, it's unredeemable character. Yeah, Homelander, you get what that character is. It's three dimensional in a way that it doesn't seem like it is in uh, the comics, and that is huge to 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 pushing this show uh brandon how did you feel about homelander as this uh initially the you know the, to, to explain it to anybody totally who hasn't watched not it superman Su <laughs> it, it, it's superman meets captain america but he also hates america and saving lives so this character and you, you know you get little pieces that build up the first thing we know about homelander other than him being in charge butcher tells us after rattling off all of the indiscretions of everybody else they said, well, what about Homelander? And he says, squeaky clean. Now, we find out later he's holding back the fact that uh, his wife was raped by Homelander. But it's still, other than that, he has nothing on him. So, like, he's been looking and looking. Homelander's entire thing is in the public. You can't find anything bad about him. But, obviously, there are uh, some terrible things that we're going to see throughout season one. How do you think they executed that? And then, you know, if we just want to talk for 20 minutes about how good Anthony Starr was in that <laughs> role. Cause God, it, oh, it's a tough killed, role to pull off. He killed it. Um, just the the smug, douchey look on his face. Yeah. Um, for example, when he has to go have that conversation with the deep about uh, about yeah. not telling his business to to a boss lady. Just that that we're not going to have any problems. Are we? It's, it's, it's intimidating. It's very intimidating. It's kind of like how, it's kind of like how, cops talk to people when they pull them over, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do things my way." Yeah. All right. And you just uh, you cooperate, and everybody's gonna go home and be okay. <laughs> yeah. And Deep just knew that he had there's not jack shit he could say or do to remedy the situation other than, yes, sir. Yeah, and to that point, for uh, The Deep, the only thing we've seen him do to that point in the series is he starts out, you know, cool, confident, 
and then you find out extremely rapey. Very rapey. And that ends up uh, being one of the focal points of the show, him uh, basically blackmailing Starlight into giving him oral sex, or she will get kicked out of the seven. And so you only have him in like the power role, you know, and that's kind of the story that's being told. And at that moment, to see uh, Chase Crawford, who ends up playing the deep, to he see just him gets just shrunk. Yeah, and there's nothing that Homelander does in that moment. But I, I mean, obviously, you you kind of know the implication with him being, you know, superhuman. Just all the abilities. It makes it clear that yeah, even a, a superhero would fear Homelander. But the the way that plays out, it's like we've yet to see Homelander do anything diabolical yet. Yet you already know that he you can will feel that energy coming off of him. Um, the the look on his face while he's calmly telling the people on the flight not to panic, knowing damn well he's about to ditch that plane. Gold. Also, the way that he explains to uh to Queenie, she goes, "Why don't you just go out and just just stop the plane?" He puts that whole idea of how Superman will just run out and yeah. put his hands on the front of the plane and carry it safely. He's like, "No, I'll just rip straight through the hole." Are you dumb? <clears throat> That's not how physics works. Get out of here. It's it's just. He's so sharp. He's so in the public eye, so perfect. Like chiseled jaw. Anthony Starr is a fucking gorgeous human being in the first place. <laughs> and and then when it gets to like when he's having those those backroom conversations, you can feel like an icker coming off of him, just pure vitriol. The man is evil incarnate and it makes me like it makes me wonder about Anthony like is he is, is he <laughs> alright and he's also I, I haven't watched too much of the stuff he's in I know he's in the show Banshee which is one that I've seen I've heard people say I should watch I just haven't had the chance to look at it and then now after seeing his performance in the show I'm like well now I gotta watch four seasons of Banshee yeah, shit I gotta go back and look at his <laughs> shit man that dude is he is really really on one but no their, their delivery uh, delivery of that character it feels almost uh, almost like the the Injustice series, uh, the DC run where yeah. Supes was Superman was basically a fucking despot, like yeah. a, a straight up dictator. But he still held his high and mighty. We're doing this for the people. It's for the greater good. This is this is the way things need to be. Look, but then when he's in his back room business, I think he he is a boring Shazam's head boring his brain out with his laser beams because he didn't agree with what was going on that's that's the that's what i get out of homelander and i love it i love every second of it he uh that is a hell of a villain hero yeah villain villain yeah i mean the 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 ability to make that character work is like 100 percent why the show overall works because this is a very tough thing that they pull off like the pitch is easy this is the dark justice league this is what happens like what you know what are people Actually, like they, they already trademarked that one Justice <laughs> league dark yeah. you know the, the the whole point though is you know what happens when people uh are you know have too much power or in this case absolute power and that's that's what the show is depicting while and, also still having very very real human traits yes because the thing with like the the members of the justice league and whatnot their sense of honor and justice is so far above and beyond just unwavering on yeah. exact yeah. <clears throat> try to talk the green lantern into doing anything yeah outside of what he absolutely knows is right 
You know, you don't bend Batman's moral code. These people are fucked just like any other asshole yeah. you'll run into on the street. Like within fucking 10 minutes of meeting the deep, he's raped via coercion the new girl's face. Like, yeah. damn, she just got here, G. Yeah. I mean, that's a, the big thing with these characters is, you know, when you look at uh, Homelander as being like this ripoff of Superman, and Superman has kryptonite. Like, he has a weakness that you can Homelander define. Homelander got no fucking kryptonite. It, but he does, though. They All these characters do, and it's all the same thing. It's their humanity. And I don't mean that in the, like, empathy sense. I mean that in the they are human. They Their weakness is that as much as they have these powers, they all still have something. That He's Homelander, an emotional six-year-old. Yeah. Homelander is emotionally stunted from, uh, as we find out, not being an alien that landed in Kansas and got raised by nice parents. He has no parents. He's been in a lab. He was injected with and compound V. How do you v. have an Oedipus complex with no mother? <laughs> make that shit make sense. Hey, it, it seemed to work in season one. Uh, I, another uh, you know, great role that I didn't imagine happening, Elizabeth Shue as the Stidwell character, which was originally a man in the uh, comics. So they, yeah. they do the gender bending there. I think they do the same thing with uh, Mallory. Mallory, yeah. And like, I, I think Elizabeth Shue just nails that role. I mean, I, when's the last time Elizabeth Shue did something amazing? But she came she out on ice fire. cold, too. Love it. Love so, it. So good. And that, that, that dynamic, that, that, that being Homelander, has no weakness. But he does. Like, hey, he is extremely vulnerable. He might be one of the weakest characters in the show based off that. Now, eventually, he gets over that. And uh, we know in the, the, the final moments of the show that he has cut that entirely off. Now we have no idea what can stop Homelander. Well, and, has anyone tried putting a bomb up his ass yet? And it's, hey, that's fair. Hey, hey, in a pinch. In a pinch. <laughs> so, so, yes. Uh, like while the uh, skin, huh? So huh? I was going to mention how you know A-Train has his addiction issues and his ability. He, he can't even be... A superhero, he needs to be the best at yeah. being the fastest. Da 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 da. Uh, you know, we have uh, Maeve that ends up having alcoholism, but they don't really uh, point to that too much in the show. That's the what the character it, it, is. Let's touch on it a little bit. A yeah, little in the book, it's it's a big part. Like she's just an alcoholic that's into like, like Tony Stark out here. Like beyond Tony Stark, she's just sloshed all the time and has like a really big thing for submissive men. Yeah. <laughs> And so that, that's another, me, mommy. That's another yeah. character oh, that yeah. I think is uh, very interesting that they kind of, I would say, I was going to say underdeveloped, but I would say that's more of like black noir where like there's just not enough in the show to truly understand what the character is, that's which exactly. might be for we'll good see, reason. We'll yeah. more that, that. That's exactly how he is yeah. in the books. Like it's just all kept to 100% mystery. There's no speaking. There's no nothing. It's, yeah. So, yeah. so they're doing that one to, to, to keep it accurate. In Maeve's case, I don't think it was that they didn't. They tried. They tried to develop her, but I feel like they kind of missed uh, how impactful it was to find out that she was either lesbian or bisexual and has this uh, lover who is, you know, been pushed aside. But they they don't go enough into what why the lover's been pushed aside. You know, you obviously have Maeve being the original, like uh, what Starlight's character being, like you know, she's bug-eyed. totally not Wonder Woman. She, yeah. Well, <laughs> she. I, I'm talking about in terms of like her having that ethics you were talking about earlier about all of them missing. The, the unwavering. She's, she starts with it and loses it. Yeah. But when they explain, they they don't have any reason why she necessarily lost it. We know that there's some level of fling between her and Homelander. Yeah. But the only thing we really get is Homelander saying, "Yeah, we're not really together anymore." Because obviously, uh, he's banging Stidwell, but he's also like, "You can't be with anybody because I just don't want you to." And you that that's a factor, but you don't 
they don't elaborate enough and they kind of leave it vague. And I think in this case, this is the one character that didn't need it to be vague. And so for me, they gave her a lot of screen time, but I feel like this is one of the characters that didn't hit as well as the other characters in the show. I'm inclined to agree with that. She had a lot of screen time for not a whole lot of actual <clears throat> progression. Yeah. Uh, as far as like in, in comparison to other characters, like we get to see the deep, for example, we get to see him go from high and mighty yeah. to a, a peon. And you realize how small he really is in comparison to Homelander. But with her, it's like, OK, so now what? Now, well, and I, th I think her and like as far as like the books compared to the show go, like she doesn't get a whole lot of, of backstory, but it, it, it it's known that she, you know, basically is, you know, like there's Homelander and then there's her, you know, um, and now she's just like a drunk old lady that's just kind of like the new hots coming in and I'm the old, you know, bag. So she, yeah, she's feeling old replaced. and busted. Yeah, new hotness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Old and busted, new hotness. Um, but the like the deep almost gets no sort of character development in the books whatsoever. Yeah, he's just like a dude wearing like an old timey diving suit w with a cape. Um, and like it, it's never really even like explained what his powers are at all it's just like there's like you don't even know if he can talk to fish as 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 in the in the um in the show like he's talking about these fish are his friends yeah. and you know and he oh my tries, God, to, the say, tries to save the dolphin um which is probably oh. like maybe the funniest point of the whole show is, is that moment be. that in the, the the crab so it's like all the deep moments are the funny ones yeah. like when you go or not uh, the the lobster not the crab uh, the lobster at the at the <laughs> store. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's just this great moment, and that's the craziest part. I think this might be the like, uh, you know, we we talk about them pushing the envelope. What they did with the deep might be the boldest move that they made, which is that they spend most of the season, you know, like we we get the initial him being a shitty person, the the Me Too movement, uh, you know, nod there as. He, you know, <clears throat> forces Starlight to give him yeah. oral sex. And then eventually as she comes out and it empowers her, it takes him down. And he's sent to Ohio, yeah. even though he's got ability in the water. Now he's stuck <laughs> in Landlock, Ohio. Fucking Ohio, So, man. So you, you have that, but like he LeBron spends... LeBron didn't even want to go back to Ohio. <laughs> he spends most of the season as the comic relief and a pseudo redemption arc. Like that is bold. Like, to like it's one thing to have that storyline in the show. But then to have it where you're actually following him and you, you know, you don't end on his side, but you create that character where it's more than just he is this shitty character. He is the embodiment of white privilege. He is, <clears throat> you know, rape culture. He's that he, swimmer dude that gets six months and then yeah, gets out yeah. in three. Yeah. And so, you know, he ends up having one of the, you know, the, the most emo moments of any of these fucked up characters like everybody's messed up they they have reasons to to be sad and to be broken down he's mad because he got stuck in ohio and he even refers to himself as a diversity hire of the group like the only reason they have him is because he could talk to fish and do water missions otherwise they wouldn't want him and just to have that like and chase crawford perfect person to play it i don't know what he's done since gossip girl but taking nate archibald and turning him into this, you know, rapey mm -hmm. white guy that, you know, thinks he's the diversity hire. Wasn't he There's already, nothing better than that. You just said taking Nate Archibald and turning him into Nate Archibald. He didn't do anything wrong in the <laughs> show Gothic Girl. He was too clean. And in this, it's like, was he? Was he, though? And that's, that's the, the key turn, I think.
I just watched the first season of Gossip Girl with Kenzie, so I, I'm willing to be the expert on this topic right now. Even if oh, it hurts, just wait, it gets better. Even if it hurts, no, it doesn't. It gets worse. Uh, the only thing that gets better is uh, Chuck Bass, but that's just because he's <sighs> the best part of the show. Chuck Bass is the best part of any show that the CW <laughs> ever popped up with. All right, so we're not going to talk about the Gossip Girl anymore, other than to talk about uh, Chase Crawford pulling this off in a way that you know, like. I don't, I don't know who you get. Like, if you're, if you're imagining casting this and, like, you can't get Chase Crawford, he's doing something else. Like, what actor do you put in this role that can fit that sort of just uber douchebag, but also when you see him, like, broken down, you buy it, you know? It's like, I don't know who could have done that role as well as he did. Maybe a James Franco type. Actually, I was gonna say Dave Franco. Dave yeah. Franco would have been great. See, I like that. The problem with Dave Franco is he's not as pretty as James Franco, so he doesn't hit quite the same mark. Oh, I disagree. I you again disagree. am inclined. I'm with Wade on that one. Man, yeah. no, I did. Dave's, Dave's beautiful, man. He is. He's not unattractive, but he has something about him that you can tell he doesn't. If he is attractive, he doesn't know how attractive he's he is. Pretty he has enough to kind be of, the fish guy. He, well, no, but that's the thing. Like. Chase Crawford brings in like he's got the Michael Phelps abs. He's ready to go. Dave Maybe Franco's Dave Franco getting something ripped, son. It, it could have almost been good if it was uh, Zach Efron. He's Zac too big Efron. now. He's what about big. what about the dude from uh, the dude from Entourage that played uh, the Aquaman, like the main guy from Entourage? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's <laughs> too dead on, but I would have loved it. <laughs> that would have been good. Uh, yeah, I keep forget what is his I, name. I, Nobody I, cares anymore. I he's just no Vince. idea. It's he's, over. he's just Vince. It's like, over. You don't need exactly. Adrian Grenier. Got it. My brain figured it out. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Way to pull that one out of. Yeah. That was impressive. It was, yeah. That, was, that was in their D. <laughs> so. <laughs> hear the gears turning over there. It took, it took a little bit. Uh, yeah. No, he like would have been too dead on from uh, what his uh, little arc was in Entourage. But damn, I would have just loved for them to do that. Zach Efron is the good choice, but it's. Yeah. He's just too big at this point. Like I think for an Amazon show. Yeah, probably not. So Chase Crawford. Perfect. Fits in. Probably is going to help his career. I know the next thing he's in, Especially I'm going to watch just to see, uh, you know, his acting chops and what he brings to the table. So, you know, he sold me on that. But once again, like I said, that is the type of story you wouldn't expect them to do and to go in to that, to leave him with that much screen time to let that play out and kind of see what it's like from that perspective. And like I said, you don't end it on his side, but damn, they at least let that play out so you can see that it's not just as simple as he's just this shitty person. He has his own issues like dolphin fucking. I just love his, 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 just his downfall. Yeah. Just going from being in this like, fucking spiral yeah like being in some like mansion that has technology that we'll never see in our lifetime to living in some shitty apartment in ohio in fairness his apartment's better than my apartment so i don't know how bad it was well going from that to the apartment probably terrible yeah yeah i mean like if you if you had to move out of the playboy mansion and into a fucking flat in toledo yeah Yeah, it's like going from having a bidet to an outhouse but i think that's this brings wow. up the best part. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this brings up the best part is that he has that fall, but even his fall, he's not like gone. Like he still gets yeah. to be a superhero. Like his <clears throat> fall, it, we, you brought up the the Brock Turner, like perfect comparison because it is mm-hmm. like it should be basically the end of you being a prominent yeah, member of society. Fucking communicated. They should be. They should replace him. But and, instead, well, and we have that scene where like he gets a little like forced sexual encounter yeah. where the girl shoves her hand in. Oh his gills. yeah, that <laughs> like, was that was a like. Oh, that was, it was cringy, wasn't it? Like, it, like it hurt. Like, like I was watching it going like, oh, oh my, I don't oh, even have Jesus. Gills. Yeah, like. <laughs> 
I watched an interview from Chase Crawford talking about it. And he was like, this is the most awkward scene I've ever filmed. They have some sort of, you know, contraption that is the gills, but like he can still feel it push into him as yeah. she's doing it. And just the way they had to do the take, like he, it, like it went on for so long. He's like, yeah, no, this is uh, just, you know, creepy as shit. Like, if uh, it wasn't for the terrible thing that the deep did before, like <laughs> you'd feel really bad for this guy yeah. in this moment. Dude, seriously, if not for that, and oh, good on them for giving him his comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, I was just that gonna was say the, that. Yeah, yeah, no, you got that one. You had that one coming. You deserve, you deserve no less than that. At the same time, ugh, and hands in your gills, yeah. man. Trying to suffocate that guy. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the characters we haven't talked about, though, that uh, sets off uh, most of the events in the show is uh, Translucent, uh, him being the first one to notice as Huey goes into their tower and tries to plant a bug. And so he follows him to the you know, Radio Shack shop, whatever, and they have an uh, interaction. Uh, Butcher and Huey end up taking him down, and they, they lock him in a cage that they've tried to you know put you know the whatever uh like electro wired it so that he yeah so he out. can't he can't get out and they've put the you know all of the aluminum foil and whatever other stuff to block the ability for homelander to to find them and uh you know uh eventually that sets off the the show but translucent is a character that's not in the comic book no he's not and so i you know i've seen people say <laughs> that you know he's basically like a stand-in for uh is it Jack I think from J Jupiter. Jack from Jupiter, yeah. But it, it doesn't really line up. It's more just that they're, Jack from Jupiter's gone, yeah. translucent is put in. And he's How a, do you feel about that? Like, added, Was that a good move to make up this character to, to fit him in uh, this story? I honestly couldn't remember who he had replaced until <laughs> the, this morning. I was watching some uh, boys stuff on YouTube and was like, oh yeah, that's who it was, Jack from Jupiter. Um, which, like, he, he's not really a character that... Just kind of like Justice League when Martian Manhunter doesn't really matter. Neither does Jack from Jupiter. Which is crazy how little Martian Manhunter matters because he is so goddamn strong. Yeah. He's, he should be like almost comparable powerful. with Superman. Um, In a but, fist fight, he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him for a solid amount of time. But yet you can destroy him with just a little bit of fire. Turns out that was just a psychological thing. Oh, that was just a fear. Yep. Nope. He has no vulnerabilities to fire. And this is why we brought Brandon on for yeah, this episode. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah, good to yeah. know. I, I never would have known that. Yeah, because... that was just, that's just a fear thing because their whole planet got <laughs> burnt the fuck up and whatnot. All right. Um, so with translucent, okay, yeah. I'll let you go first. No, I no, no you're just going to add so, on to what I was saying. So I, I was saying with translucent being, uh, you know, carbon skin, invisibility, things interesting and superpower. Uh, as they have him trapped and they're trying to figure out what do we do, they end up shooting at him and the bullets just go everywhere, which also ends up uh, allowing the, the tracking signal to go out for Homelander and end up uh, you know, figuring out near where they are and puts them in jeopardy for a second. But at what point, as you're sitting there and Frenchie's watching a turtle, uh, when did you realize they were going to put a bomb up his ass? Um, it, it wasn't until it, it happened yeah, yeah, about, <laughs> that I realized that's what he thought I, of. I, actually, when... When Frenchie got the idea, it it like it <laughs> dawned on me at that same moment. Uh, I was thinking they were gonna do something like uh, like poison him, yeah. like you, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. like poison him because they you get him to eat and drink. He's still there. He's gonna eat and drink. Like, figured like, okay, or or shove a bomb in his ass. That is <laughs> that is one way to handle that. That'll work too. I mean, he has a mouth, but the ass also works. Yeah, yeah sure. Why not, why not keister it? <laughs> out here boofing bombs let's do it 
it took me a minute, but like right before the turtle thing, I was just thinking, I was like, oh yeah, and Man on Fire, like Denzel Washington stuff, the the bomb up the guy's ass. I'm like, oh, I bet yeah. that would work. Yeah, that's a good moment too. It is. Man, that's a classic. That is a classic. Wasn't that the one with the Dakota Fanning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So and Denzel's good at this. Oh, speaking of black guys, about that A Train guy. A Train. We could talk about A Train. It's amazing how uh, important he is to the show. You know that uh, with the opening sequence, it is the part of the trailer that definitely made me think. Okay, definitely need to check this out. Make sure you know it, it's good because they th- those are the moments that are like, okay, it's shocking. Is there a reason for it? You know, you brought that up earlier, Wade, and there definitely is a reason for it. They it is, uh, you know, a thread throughout the entire story, and it also is the one thing when we talk about are there any good guys in the show? It's the the one thing that ends up making us believe that Huey uh, is on that side of good guy. Uh, you know, with with how they uh, end uh, that towards the end of the show, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But A Train starting out taking out uh, Robin by running really fast. Uh, you find out later uh, he was on Compound V, and that's kind of put him into this. Uh, just, it's all hopped up on Mountain Dew. Just all hopped up on <laughs> Mountain Dew. Uh, and he, he is a character that, you know, has that, that junky side. He has a girlfriend that he's not able to bring her in public because corporate won't allow it. Uh, I mean, th- th- there are aspects to that character that are also something that I thought were really good ideas, but I don't know why I don't like it. It and this feels is where a lot we... like how they do, uh, like how an agent would treat a pro athlete. Like, yeah, yeah I understand you got a girlfriend, but for the purposes of these press conferences. Yeah. Or like they, or like they do a, a pop star. Yeah. Hey, cool, you can have a girlfriend. Your fans can't know about your girlfriend. Your sales will go down. You got to be yeah. single. Sorry. And, the, and that's something like all the ideas I like, there, there's just something about A-Train. And once again, we were talking about this earlier where they almost had Usher play A-Train. I don't think it would have been better, but I do think A Train is a weird one where I something's missing. Like I don't know what it is about this character that like is put into good scenes. It was not the album eighty seven oh one. That is not what he's missing. <laughs> uh, is it just something that I I, I don't know. I, I I wanted to like the character A Train more than it. Not and not like 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 what he does, but I wanted to enjoy the character more. And it just felt like a lot of his scenes something was missing. I don't know if it's Honestly, the actor. I enjoyed I don't know what his girlfriend's character more than I enjoyed yeah. his. Popclaw uh, was you know perfect and selling that sort of like what happens when you're past your prime, you are not able to be the superhero. Like how do you deal with losing that level of fandom and power? And- Smush a dude's head with your vagina. That's what you do. <laughs> that's, that's a way to go. That's, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, for real. If there yeah. if there's a way to go. Yeah, if we can choose how we die, that's how I'm dying. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> all right so yeah i mean you you brought up a train brandon so like what specifically about the character like i i just had to get out my little negative i have very few negatives of the show it, it felt so much like he felt so much like like i said like how they how they treat pop stars how they yeah. treat athletes um especially when he had like his race against the other speedster guy and he knows he's got to be the fastest because if he's not the fastest and he's not one of the seven anymore. I, I love that part where he just disappears and comes back all hype like, yeah, man, yeah, we're going to win this race today, man. Woo! <laughs> like, I- Woo! He sounds like my Uncle Bobby. That man is high as shit. Like, no bueno, son. I need you to tone it back. And you can, you can, see, you can see immediately the effect, like the effect that it had on Pop Claw, the same effect that it had on him, that it's just, this shit is bad, bad. And uh, un- un- until we get enough information to figure out w- what we're supposed to do to stop it, you're just kind of like, oh, we're going to have 
fucking roided out, yeah. cracked out ass superheroes splattering people's girlfriends on the regular. That's just going to be a thing. And, and until that does get stopped, which eventually it does get a, a cork put in it, I was, I was very, very nervous to see what that would entail. Like what happens if someone more powerful than A-Train is using this stuff? What happens, yeah. if, what happens if a human takes it? Yeah. Well, in the comics, um, the boys take it. That's like what that's like your initiation into the boys is, hey, Huey, welcome to the boys. Here's some shit in your neck. Now you got superpowers, motherfucker. Um, to the party, son. Like, that's what I kept waiting for in in the show is the moment where Butcher shows that, yeah, he can punch through your head, too. Um, And and it just never happened in the show. Um, In the books, the compound V is like much more prevalent. It's like and it's like like all the superheroes are doing it and it's like a powder and they just call it blue and you'll see this like r- the 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 boys' version of the X-Men the G-Men they're just cutting up lines like hey we beat up whoever today let's go to the brothel do some lines of blue and rail these hookers out until they can't walk tomorrow like like it's 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 a lot more like they go into much more detail um but I kept waiting on the show for the boys to take the shit and start punching through motherfuckers and, and, and it just never happens um and I, I don't know why like they went through such like storylines like in the first season that doesn't happen in the books till much later but that happens immediately in the book like welcome to the boys boom now you can do shit um and and I maybe they're I, stretching I, it out so that they'll have the they'll have the boys end up using the compound v to try to take down homelander yeah. himself see my guess is there's two things that they do that's probably why they didn't have them uh, use the compound V to gain superpowers. Uh, one being that they turn compound V into this kind of mystery. Like it's, they, they know it exists. They're, they're hunting it down. They've, they found it with uh, uh, a train and they made that connection. And now they're figuring out exactly, you know, they, they keep pulling the thread. And so if you turn it into something that's prevalent, you can't have it be, you can't have that mystery. Yeah. There's and no then thread to pull. number two being once you get the, the, the main story that they end up telling is that Homelander is in control of this group. He sees the need to become part of the national defense, which at this point has been blocked. It's the only thing. They, they keep getting money from these different uh, local governments, but in terms of the national, uh, they've, they've kind of not been willing to trust the soups to be in that role. And Homelander wants to get them over. Vought wants to get them there, but they don't want Homelander to be the guy, you know, you know involved in that politics. And... Homelander ends up using the compound V to make these terrorists overseas. And part of the story that they tell with that is that it, it's not as easy with adults, you know, like, so they've made these superheroes by giving them the compound V when they're children. And then they grow up and they, they become these superheroes, but like they failed with adult test subjects. And so it's like, it was almost like a, a numbers game for, uh, Homelander to just keep having all these adult test subjects and the only ones that seem to be successful you have the female who ends up joining the boys and then you have uh, the the guy in the Middle East who firebombs the entire building and walks out of it and so I think that's what they were trying to do is like they don't want it to be as easy for some human to take it like if it's in the, the book where it's just shoot it up all of a sudden you have these powers and you can compete with them they want to keep it where these superheroes are on their own plane and when he creates these terrorists which isn't the easiest thing to do they are something that only the superheroes can fight 
it if it was as simple as just shooting up the compound V, you couldn't have that power dynamic that Homelander is trying to create. So since that was the focal point that they created in the show, different than what they wanted to have in the book, which let's be honest, in comic books you have a lot of fights. It's good to have you can't have your uh, protagonist be completely outmatched by the superheroes the whole time. You can do that a lot easier in the show and make it work. And I think they did that for season one of the boys. I love how wonderfully lost um, Huey is for like two episodes. And then all of a sudden he just just dials it in. He's locked and loaded, ready to go with no fucking training other than working at a goddamn radio shack. That's all you need. If you know technology, you make it work. Like his Radio Shack knowledge is how they ended up dropping translucent in the first place. He was like, yeah. uh, yeah, carbon skin. So electricity. I mean the other part being, which I'm not sure how well they did this, yeah, you know, like the whole point of Huey is he's a he's a comic book nerd, he's a superhero fanboy. And so he uses that knowledge. That's one of his biggest benefits. Uh but then they, they don't do a lot to make me believe he was really this like diehard superhero fan going in like they just say it and like you just accept it you just have to believe that's what's going down uh but yeah no he very quickly picks it up picks up being a shitty person and doing these terrible things uh it's one thing to like take out translucent the first time it's another thing to uh to be the one who pull to hit the button on the bomb that's up translucent's ass and you know but as it keeps going along and you see uh i don't know how much is like post-traumatic stress disorder there's like those moments where he kind of like just zooms out and he just has a ring in his ears yeah. and so at some point though you could see the turn back which is the moment when a train is trying to fight starlight and huey and then he ends up just collapsing uh his heart gives out and that's the the one thing that uh you know the compound v is taking too much of it and that's his downfall but huey who has been spending an entire season trying to go after a train a train's the one who killed his girlfriend and he tries to give him cpr and so all of this like uphill becoming the the type of person the uh, butcher bad. is like they they do, they they just pull it and go back the other way. You have that redemption for Huey, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, you know, in season two because you have a lot of uh people at very specific uh crossroads. You know, you have Huey right there where he's like, I don't know if I'm ready to truly be somebody who tries to take out superheroes. I mean, Huey had at no point. At no point did Huey do any of that gutter shit and not immediately feel remorseful. Yeah. He's like that one that one friend that never wanted to go along with this bullshit anyway. Yeah. But here we are standing outside of Saints. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Been there yeah, before. That's that's basically where where he is and he's it's kinda almost dragged along into this like he he wasn't even gonna go for revenge in the first place. He was just gonna sulk about it. Yeah, and you know the the different characters that uh, you know get put into strange positions as the show goes on. Uh, Butcher, you know, with everything that he's after, like he has one goal in mind, and that's to take out Homelander. Uh, once you get to that final scene where it is revealed that not only does uh, Butcher end up blowing up uh, Stidwell for not, uh, all of a sudden Homelander saved him. So he didn't even let Butcher die in that moment uh, once uh, Butcher realizes that the one uh, advantage he had over Homelander doesn't matter to Homelander anymore. And he gets dropped onto this, you know, just lush green lawn somewhere. Has no idea where he is. Homelander wakes him up and who runs out but a blonde hair boy that looks a lot like Homelander. 
and then boom, Butcher's wife walks around the corner. And so for Butcher, where he's spending an entire show hating Homelander, wanting to take him out because he believed Homelander raped and murdered his wife, at the very least, his wife is alive. We don't know whether Homelander actually raped his wife. For all we know, she walked into that room and was hit with a proposition. Yeah, we like when all he has seen is her walk out of a room, uh, you know, with her clothes. Disheveled. Yeah, like her clothes half hanging off, putting her high heels back on. And then obviously, you know, he knows what happened thereafter with her being kind of withdrawn and eventually disappears. But there is no conclusive proof that she was actually raped. And that's something that he's had to deal with this entire time. He is he's purely based on conviction on something that he doesn't have all the details. And, to. Now, he, and now he knows that more than ever. And now he knows. Uh, shit, I might have jumped the gun on yeah. a little bit of this. Well, this is the moment in the show where, like, if, if you're a fan of the books, you, like, this is a whole new thing. Yeah. Um, because in the book, she's dead. She's dead, dead. She ain't never coming back. Because um, Butcher actually comes home and just sees his uh, a disemboweled wife on the bed, and floating above her is a baby with laser eyes. Um, and um, he then has to beat the baby to death with a lamp. <laughs> um, and it, it's shown in in the in the books quite a bit that um. In his forearm, he has these two big scars, and it's because the baby, boom, like, shot him with the laser eyes, and he'd, like, burn his forearm fighting this fucking baby monster. So, like... Jack-Jack attack. Yeah, so, like, in the books, she's dead. (laughs) Yeah, Jack-Jack attack. (laughs) Like, like she's dead, the baby's dead, and and Butcher's out for revenge. So, I did not expect this at the end of the series. I didn't... I thought it was just going to end in the explosion, and then we find out what happens in season two, but here comes Wifey and, and, and a little blonde kid come out, and it's just like, oh shit, that's way different from the books. But then, oh shit, they're alive. Oh shit, they told Homelander he couldn't have kids. Uh, and then, you know. And I mean. And credits. And scene. Yeah. Well, you got Homelander who d- fucking hates every other kid anyway. Yeah. Probably because he, as far as he knows, can't have kids. But that's, it just, it's just mind, mind boggling in the first place. You spend all this time rooting for Butcher to get Homelander and then Homelander drops him off in front of his wife. Like, um Yeah, surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> cheese fries, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and man, that it 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 helps all the characters. It gives you uh, you know, more to wonder about Homelander himself, you know, like what is driving this character and you think it's as simple as just not having a child, but like that is it more? You know, like, is there something else there Uh, with with Butcher? What is he going to do when confronted with this fact that, you know, everything that he thought had happened didn't happen, at least not the way uh, he's been led to believe. So now my question here is, is it. Is it actually Vought Industries that moved her over there or did Homelander do that himself? He didn't. Uh, I mean, based on what we're given it had to have been Vought because he doesn't know until he interrogates the doctor because the, he's had this back and forth with Stidwell. Well, Stidwell keeps lying to him, and that's what leads him to maybe it is just finding out he had a kid, but also it's the deception that it eventually leads to Homelander disconnecting from Stidwell and being okay with Butcher blowing her up. And so he says that when he talks to her is, you know, he j- basically just found this out, and now he's going to see his kid, you know? And so that, that is hugely fucked up 
it's very interesting to know what they're going to do. I guess, I guess it's even more important than Homelander and Butcher is what they're going to do with Vought because the way they've built it up is Stidwell uh, getting to the point where she's ready to take over the company. Uh, they are really close to getting the soups to be the you know main like national defense, and you know that's going to lead to uh, you know these huge governmental contracts that they get. Oh, speaking of governmental contracts, that was a sweet-ass blackmail move she pulled there. Sent in a doppelganger as the little baddie. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and hit him with the blindfold. Uh Uh-huh. Ride it, baby. Ride it. It was so fucked up. Oh, that was so wrong. Yeah, no. These are real pictures. Promise. Look. (laughs) All right, I was going to talk about the boring corporate Vought shit for a while, but actually, you bring up a good point. Let's... There are so many scenes that uh, stand out that uh, just you couldn't imagine were uh, put onto any type of show, <laughs> even if this is a streaming show. I just uh, you can't expect some of the stuff that happens. What is your favorite scene in season one of The Boys? Wade, we'll start with you. My favorite scene is the it's at the beginning where Huey and his girl, Robin, they're doing their little twirl in love, and then, boom, Splat. she explodes. Just because... That was such a huge moment in the book. That, that's one of literally one of the first things that happens when you're like, okay, going to read this very, you know, volume one, first issue, turn a couple pages and you see a woman explode. Um, when they said they were going to make a, the boys into a TV show, I was like, well, it's, they're never going to be able to do it like the books. Like, it's just impossible. And then, you know, five minutes in, I watch her explode and I was just like, oh shit, like they're doing this. <laughs> like, like they're going to do this they to, you know, like, like, yeah, like, okay, like, like, all right. Like I'm on board, like and like there's you know lots you know lots and lots of great scenes, but that was the moment that like I was in, like just like the comics. Okay, I'm in. Like when that's happened on the show, I'm like, all right, like I'm strapping back into this ride one more time. Uh, let's let's fucking do this. That's how I felt watching that uh that Full Metal Alchemist live action Netflix movie because I read the mangas, obviously loved the Full Metal Alchemist anime, and I was like, there's no way that you make this any sort of even close and just watching them boys try to bring their mother back in the fucking beginning of it. I was like, Oh shit, they actually came to play. Yeah. It's good. It's it's like when you saw like Captain America and Iron Man for the first time, you're like, I've been waiting for this. I also thought it was really, really weird that of all the times for Netflix to do an anime movie and actually have the lead guy be Asian is the one time where the character is actually a white dude in the anime. It's like a very El- Netflix move. The, the Elric like right brothers are very, very much white. Blonde haired, <laughs> blue eyed. And when they, it, like their world is basically an alternate universe Germany during the Nazi times and whatnot. So like, no, super white, very, very white. And like, oh, now you want to find an Asian guy, but Scarlett Johansson was good for Ghost in a Shell. Like, I'm, I have additional questions, man. I have additional questions. But anyway, anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> so, so quickly to get back to Wade's favorite scene of uh, Robin getting taken out. Uh, I, I love the fact that later on when he talks about it, it's like the, the, the last thing I got to say to my girlfriend is don't you dare disparage Billy Joel. Yeah. The last words she heard from him. <laughs> it's also very interesting that he keeps talking all the time about being like a Billy Joel fan and like all of these, you know, ridiculous, you know, 80s 
pruner types. Great and, soundtrack on that fucking show too. I, I was gonna say like he he's supposed to be this Billy Joel fan, but he most of the time he's running around in like punk band T-shirts, uh, which is very interesting. Uh, I guess I didn't mention that either of uh, Huey uh, being played by Jack Quaid, so the son of uh, Randy Quaid and uh, Meg Ryan. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. My bad. <laughs> Wrong Quaid. Sorry. So Missed I it. guessed off head when I first saw the show, I was like, is that Dennis's kid or Randy's kid? And I let him act for a little bit, and I was like, he's actually a pretty decent actor. That's got to be Dennis's kid. So, De- Dennis Quaid and uh, uh, Meg Ryan. I just love you, Randy Sorry. Quaid. It's I love a good Randy Quaid reference. Though. <laughs> we, we, I mean, we talk about super. Uh, we can talk about UFOs all day, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, Jack Quaid uh, did um, really amazing in that role. Uh, another one that sort of like Chase Crawford. Like when you look at the rest of the body of his work, it's hard to see that he's going to come in and do something as well as he did because. I don't know. The last thing he, he he was in Hunger Games as like a guy who just yells "woo," like, and then I think he kills Rue, one of the like mm-hmm. most beloved characters. But like he uh, like, he doesn't yeah. have much else in that uh, movie. Kind of fuck that guy forever after that. Man. He, uh, I was watching a thing where he was talking on the Tonight Show or whichever late show uh, about how uh, he still like gets shit for being the one who killed Rue in Hunger Games. Like (laughs) he'll just post something. It's like, it's just him, you know, hiking in the mountains and he'll put it on Instagram. And at some point in the comments, it'll be like, fuck you, man. (laughs) (laughs) People don't forget. They don't. Uh, So yeah, no, I I think he did an amazing job. Uh, I think uh, Aaron Moriarty as Starlight, uh, really, really good. Another one, like you, you just go to the IMDB page and you see this, they're getting a lot of people that, you know, maybe other people know him. They know the different stuff. There. I haven't seen most of the stuff for anybody. The 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 main name that I know going in is Carl Urban. Same here. I and now we're going to talk else. for uh, however long we want to about Carl Urban. And his Wait. astonishing job playing this role as Butcher. Oh my goodness! I I could blow the guy. He is just <laughs> just fucking incredible. He is sadistic. I've. You, when's the last time you watched something where the good guy feels like the fucking villain? Like, he is on some gangster shit all the time. All the time. Constantly coercing and tricking poor little Huey into whatever fuck shenanigans he gets into. He's like he's like the short Ed boy from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Like he is Very plotting to get reference. some goddamn. He's getting his jawbreaker today, baby. One way or another, run me my quarters. I don't even. I don't even know how to respond to that. That, that was pretty damn perfect. Pretty solid. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, is is Carl Urban's performance good enough to make up for the Hawaiian shirt? Um, no. Th- Hard th- no. That's my biggest problem with the show. To be honest, is the fucking Hawaiian shirt. They keep putting him in it. Like, that was his thing in the comic books. Like, he didn't wear anything in the comics, but either every now and again, it was a plain white t-shirt. But 90% of the time, plain black t-shirt. And I can almost look past it um, with, like, because he's so good. Like, he even gets, like, the Cockney accent that they, like, they write it that way in the comic books. So... I was worried. I was like, ah, Carl Urban, you know, like I'm thinking I'm, I'm probably most familiar with him from Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know if I've seen much other stuff, but Star- Riddick, he was really good in Riddick. Oh yeah, he was in Riddick mm-hmm. and he was in Ragnarok too. Wasn't, wasn't he? Wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. God he was damn, also yeah, he's been a bunch of shit. Well, he's been slamming. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, he does really good with the accent. Butcher's probably one of the best well-written characters because they give him the best lines in the book. So I'm glad that in the show he gets the best lines. Like, and Carla, I was like, oh, you know, you know, like, like when I read the comics, I want the guy to look exactly like it. So I was already worried with the beard. I'm just like, well, Butcher doesn't have a fucking beard. But then I was just like, well, Carla, but I ain't got that Butcher chin neither. So, okay. We'll, they had to do something yeah, to remedy We'll that. cover it up. You know, that's why I got a beard. It looks like I have a strong chin. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the Hawaiian shirts is something that I'm not going to be able to get past. As, as, as a man that already doesn't like Hawaiian shirts. Um, Same. It, not like, a fan. Don't put them on like like my hero. Like, You know what's funny is I, I think this is all Carl Urban. I've watched so many, uh, unless he's just trying to keep in character or something. I think it makes him more villainous. I think I think he just likes Hawaiian shirts and like they let him just keep wearing his Hawaiian shirts because I've only seen him do the different uh, media tours in that damn shirt. Kind of like, like RDJ running around with food on set all the fucking time, even when it's not supposed to be in the scene. I think this is like, uh, to, to cross over and talk about our uh, wrestling fandom, I think this is just like when you don't like Biker Taker. I think it's like, this is the one time that Mark Calloway gets to be Mark Calloway, and you're like, I fucking hate the man. I still yeah, love no, The Undertaker. No, I don't like well, Biker Taker you, either. Like, we we it, like okay, this character, but okay. the character is a wine shirt If we're going to go from it from wrestling points of view, I look at it when an old wrestler shows up covered head to toe, and you're like, hmm, I bet Goldberg ain't as big as he used to be. <laughs> I bet Carl Urban can't fill out a black t-shirt too well. Um, so, yeah, stick him in a button-up. Yep. Everyone looks good in a button-up. That's a good point. That's why fat guys wear Tommy cheating. Bahamas. Like fucking cheating. I got a lot of button-up shirts because I'm a fat dude. So I'm but, just saying they they could have put Carl Urban in the goddamn gym and let him fit one of the <clears> fucking <throat> black t-shirts. Yeah, I, I, I man, I, I do. I loathe the shirts because I saw it at first. When I first saw, it, I was like, okay, he's kind of undercover. He's not letting you know Huey know he's part of this organization quite yet. But then every scene, he kept doing it. He's in a different one, like like it's a like part of his character, and it and it, 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 it does drive me fucking crazy. Yeah, okay. I just don't. I just don't like the Hawaiian shirts in general. But yeah, no, Carl not... Urban is pretty stellar. I don't. He's great. I don't know how. You'd have to be like Brad Pitt good to get away with them goddamn shirts, though, man. <laughs> I don't know. So the the moment that sells the Hawaiian shirt for me is that uh, when he's talking to the Jesus freak at that uh, convention, and he starts explaining that why, if God exists, he's a cosmic sadist, and when he's wearing because there's just something about like they are undercover they are trying to not get caught by these superheroes they could annihilate them instantly and while everybody else is trying to blend he is running around in a hawaiian shirt and then he's mad at other people for not being good at you know keeping them undercover it's really it's really funny it's like oh our cover is blown because you you know you did this you brought you know uh what's the the guy's name uh, that uh Haley joel osmond plays is the guy who can like uh, the mesmerizer, yeah, what it is, something like that. Yeah, mesmer, mesmer, uh, mesmer. Yeah, so uh, he's yelling at them, and it's like, dude, you've been running around in a Hawaiian t-shirt. You are the most identifiable person ever. You're the one who already got like pegged by Homelander at the the damn track meet, like, because he was staring him in the yeah. fucking face the whole time. It's like you can't be mad at other people for your cover being blown. You've not tried at all, man. Uh, one of the other things I want to talk about: uh, Simon Pegg as Huey's dad, which is interesting because. Peg was the original inspiration for dramatic. Huey's character in the comics. Yeah. Like they, he drew him as Simon Pegg yeah. and they wanted him to play him in a live action version of the boys, but it just took too long to make. And now Simon Pegg is old, old as shit. Yeah. He, and, could, he could still be Huey. Huey, he be. Huey doesn't need to be a kid with a dad. It could be any guy whose girlfriend gets splattered. Like it doesn't need to be. Huey could be 50 year old Simon Pegg just fine. 
Yeah, I think it was probably uh, it was probably better to go with uh, Jack Quaid. I think if you were going to try to keep like Huey's Scottish in the <clears throat> the comics, right? Yes. So if you're going to try to do that, Simon Pegg could probably pull off Scottish. Uh, I mean, since he's Scotty in Star Trek, he should be able to. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that that could also, be fine. Also, they a shit for that one. <laughs> it was just great for Simon Pegg to just jump in. And, like, it, it's very clear that he maybe had, like, one day to shoot all of his scenes. Like, yeah. they force that in, but they make sure he's there. It's a cool little Easter egg. Yeah. And it, it's really weird seeing Simon Pegg doing an American accent. Like, that's... An of... American accent and a dramatic role yeah. at the same time. That was... That was a whole lot of Simon Pegg I was not expecting. Because yeah. when, when I see Simon Pegg's face, I'm ready for some fucking hilarity to go down and again like we spoke on earlier the the comedic the comedy of this is either from the deep or uh from a train most of the time or just the sheer sadistic nature of homelander because just the way that he says shit and smiles while he says it just it it it, like sends a chill down your spine it's fucking unnerving you have to laugh at it because otherwise, what are you going to do with that as it happens? It's Let the darkness tough. slowly creep yeah. in. All right. So we're, we're going to wrap this up real quick. I have a couple more things I want to hit, though. Uh, one thing is Lamplighter as the, the character that you end up not seeing. He's the one who leaves the seven for um, Starlight to join in. And for me, I just wondering, you know, the comics, Wade. Do you think that they altered Lamplight's origin or they're just withholding it for later seasons? Because Lamplighter is extremely important for being the obviously they say in the first season that he, you know, annihilated Mallory's grandchildren, yeah. but they don't make that seem like that was a problem. As opposed yeah. to in the comics, the seven end up giving up Lamplighter to the boys because yeah. they know how shitty it was for him to do that. And that's kind of their like, let's, you know, stop this and get them off our back. And like a peace offering. Yeah, it becomes this whole thing, and I I won't get into the specifics of what happens and from thereafter. But in this case, it's just it is said like it's a normal retirement, and we're not given any sort of thing to make us believe he actually got in trouble for what he did to Mallory's children. Uh, it was anything other than that. Do you think that they'll have him in uh season two with some of the backstory that comes from the comics, or do you think this is just something they kind of wrote off and just got him out of the way? I mean, I hope at a certain point we get to see what happens to him. Um, cause in the books, like as, as all comic books, when a hero dies, they eventually come back. Um, in the boys, when a hero dies, they, they come back too, but much different. Um, almost just like brain dead. Like, like when a person like, like, let's say almost drowns and then they come back and they're just like, man, that dude isn't right anymore. Like he used to be able to form the a sense. boy's not right. I tell <laughs> yeah. you. And, and, and now this dude can't wipe his ass. Like that, 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 that's what happens. Like when the superheroes die and the boys, when they come back, they're just like as low functioning as, as a person could be. And I, I think there's a big, I think it's lamplighter. It's been so long since I read the books. I think it's a big reveal where they're like, Oh yeah, we got him. And he's like in the bottom of yeah, where the, the seven live. And it's just like in a room that's just like ankle deep in shit. Um, and I think that the seven like have to take turns cleaning up the shit out of the yeah, room. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 like how infrequently are you cleaning the room that it gets the ankle deep before it's the next person's rotation? He's a superhero. It could just, just could be shitting a lot. Um, but yeah, I I, I I I hope they deep dive into into the into the the show a, a more into his character, more into Mallory's character. I hope we see more of the other super team. Yeah, because that's like the books go like they don't just straight go after the seven. They kind of start with 
Teenage Kicks, uh, the G-Men, and kind of work their way up to the Seven. Um, we see like a little touch, like it, they they make it clear that there are other superpowered beings yeah. out there. But at the same time, like like what the fuck organization does the dude that was racing against A Train? Yeah, exactly. Like who does he um, even fight for? And I think Pop Claw, she's involved. I think it's the G Men or 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 Teenage Kicks or Cape something. Like she's in one of them, and and they have superheroes names like Whack Job and Dog Knot. <laughs> and and the the discharge like like <laughs> like we got a lot more gross so is that gross be weirdos a to look sticky at. ability or is that gonna be like an electric ability? Um, it's sticky. I, I it's yeah, I it's more of a bodily fluid mm-hmm. than it is anything else. Um, so yeah, That's why like, would it be electricity? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. <laughs> so like. Hopefully, like we deep dive into more of these characters because there's like the, the there's a Batman that's you know obviously he's going to be a pedophile in this world, <laughs> and, and, and and there's you know a, a Charles Xavier that instead of raising all these teenagers to be superheroes, he molests them all into becoming superheroes. So yeah. like there's still a lot of dark weirdness that we can get into, and um I mean this first season showed me they're not afraid to dip a toe into some of that. Yeah. Obviously, th- th- there's a lot of it that's too fucking much to be on TV. Like I already saw the images. I don't need to see them um, in real life. So, so far they're doing a good job of avoiding the stuff that is unnecessary. But like, but keeping a lot of the weird. It's a delicate dance. It, it's and a they're doing a good dance. job. Yeah. So yeah, I look forward to. I can't wait. And I love that I have uh, I have as little respect for these heroes for the most part by yeah. the time we're done as i did for like most of the watchmen by the time we're done with that i'm so glad you brought up the watchmen like that that, that that's like the just that gritty oh wow these people suck yeah <laughs> that's like the catchphrase that got me into watching this is when i'm reading like okay what's this going to be about it ended you know you know who watches the watchmen the answer the boys and i was just like okay I'm all right I'm yeah fucking in like, yeah. like that's how give, you sell it give me all of the issues but the last one which like I, I ordered on Amazon while we were talking earlier, <laughs> so I will have all 72 issues soon alright so you, you already stole my question of which characters you hope are from the comics that make it into season 2 uh, you brought up the Watchmen which is very interesting they are yeah, you know they're, getting get, they're making series. that HBO which you know I, I, I know people feel uh, usually negatively about the Watchmen movie uh, I thought it was it was Pretty good. I, I, I thought thoroughly it was better, enjoyed it. I thought I, it was better than the book. Yeah. Same. Same. I I, I, I like the way that they played that in and out. Yeah. Uh, and also, I didn't have to see a giant space squid. Osmond dies. Yeah, that shit was. Yeah, I, I saw that on the page. Yeah. I did not need that on the fucking <laughs> screen. Just give me my explosion and call it a day. Exactly. Um, Osmond dies might be the coldest goddamn supervillain. Period. He's he's in my top five for sure. Yeah, I, I felt like that character in Watchmen is when you take uh, what Homelander, what Anthony Starr does, is he like takes that character and like ramps it up to eleven is what he what he ends up doing. And I, you know, I I thought Watchmen, you know, could it could it have uh, had a little faster pacing? Uh, you know, not have the like five minute sex scene, maybe keep it down to like two. Uh, you probably could have made it better, but I think it when you would put have been HBO a two-minute char- sex scene, but you had to keep all of the blue guys up and around for a hot <laughs> second. So I mean, like each of them needed their own time. Like we're just gonna give one Doctor Manhattan, you know, a two-minute scene, and then ignore the other two Doctor Manhattans, and also that little bit where she was like, "Hold on, wait, the fuck? It's three of you. It's not okay. I only agreed to have sex with one of you." He's like, "Oh shit, my bad. I was just trying to." 
take advantage of the situation, you know what I'm saying? Grease really? a little wheel here. Like, I was just hoping, uh, you know, keep you happy. I was also, one of me was in the other room reading a book. I mean, just, you know, let me do my thing. Also, uh, would you like crepes? I made crepes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think it was good. I'm excited to see what HBO can do with it. It will be interesting to see, you know, uh, it's a lot of the same territory. So will they be able to do it in a way that captures something else that, you know, I, I, I can watch both series side by side and not think that they're just running over the same themes and different stuff. Uh, but HBO does so well with so many things. That I'm excited to see the Watchmen uh, get that treatment. And uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time for superhero movies, but it's even a better time for dissecting superhero culture. And I, I enjoyed that from the boys. Uh, before we get on out of here, I feel like we failed Mother's Milk and Frenchie. I feel yeah. like we haven't said a single word about them. So uh, I'll let you guys jump in real quick. Tell me your, your favorite parts about the, the two forgotten boys. Um, I'm not going to go into too much on Mother's Milk because they didn't. They're still leaving his backstory. I was going to say, I don't know shit about Mother's Milk is my issue. Like, How do you even get that name? Well, in the book, he gets his name because he's already jacked up and strong. And he gets it by sucking on his mama's superpowered titties. Um. <laughs> So I don't know how they're going to explain that in the book. Seeing oh, as hard, fucking right. Seeing as he doesn't have superpowers yet. Um, but I actually enjoy Frenchie in the show better than the books. Like, like he has much Frenchie's more uh, character involved, like in the show. Like, like he's he's like almost like a, he's very interesting in, in the books. He's just a French guy that kicks the shit out of people. Um, but my favorite Frenchie moment is just when they're talking about the blue and he's like, yeah, I got to do this, do this, do this, do this. And I'm going to try it. Um, so yeah, Frenchie's great. Mother Milk, they still, I, I, I've, I, yeah, I'm, I'm interested how they're going to explain that nickname in the show. That single moment where Frenchie's <clears throat> eyes light up as he realizes that they're going to put that bomb into translucent <laughs> ass. That well, face. Here, take this LSD mixed with MDNA. That, It'll help calm you down. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. That was just like. That face was the pinnacle of fucking theater right there. That is top tier way to do it. Um, Eureka. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that is a straight Eureka moment. He had a an epiphany. An epiphany? Is that, is that <laughs> sure. sure, we need we need that pun right now. Yes. Uh, all right, so Brandon knows exactly how to finish a show, and we're, we're going to uh, get on out of here. Is there anything else uh, you want to bring up, boys-related, comic books-related, anything else before we get on out of here? Man, I think we pretty much covered everything I had to talk Go read more manga. That's it for this episode of the Q Crew. Q-Q-Q-Q-Q Crew. Later, Marks. <laughs>